Today is the biggest day in the history of crypto. I am prone to hyperbole, but I actually believe that this is true. But it couldn't be the biggest day without us having a complete shit show within 24 hours of it happening. And that, of course, is that the SEC's Twitter, X, formerly known as Twitter, account was hacked, tweeted a fake approval of the ETF news. Then Gary Gensler had to correct it. We saw price go way up then way down, $3,200 spread in under 15 minutes, and then Ethereum pumped. Guys, you couldn't write this if you tried. It's incredible entertainment, and now everybody wants to know what comes next if and when these ETFs are approved. Eric Balchunas says, all systems go. I tend to believe him, and I have two of my favorite possible guests here to discuss it, Eleanor Terrett and, of course, Hasib Qureshi from Dragonfly. And on the back end, we got Texas West Capital, Chris Inks, to discuss the charts and what it means for traders. This is going to be an epic day, guys. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button. I'm just going to go ahead and bring the guests on right away because they have a lot more color on what the hell is happening than I do. Good morning, Eleanor. Good night, Hasib, uh, over there in, in Singapore on the other side of the world. I mean, this is basically what happened here, Eleanor, right? We got 311 yesterday. SEC tweets that Bitcoin ETFs are approved. Questionable tweet had like the hashtag Bitcoin in there. Apparently, the SEC was actually liking uh, posts underneath responses that said, like, Bitcoin to the moon and things like that. <laughs> if anyone thought it was real, uh, it did look real at the time. Then Gary Gensler says it was a, a hacked. Then the SEC regained control immediately, which is miraculous. And then the SEC tweeted that it was hacked and not approved. But it looks like we are back on schedule now, right? You're saying here back to regularly scheduled programming then. Eleanor, we're already seeing more fee wars today. What the hell is happening. Eleanor, can you give us the broad strokes, I guess, on what happened yesterday and what to expect today? Yes. Yeah, so just a fun little bit of color. At the exact moment that the SEC tweeted that fake tweet about the approval of the Bitcoin spot ETF, Ellie Tarrett tweeted, I see a nap in my near future. So <laughs> Oops. It was a long day yesterday. And I'm thinking, okay, well, it's Tuesday. We're not expected to get these approvals until tomorrow. I'm still at the office at this point. I'm like, oh, I just can't wait to go home and just take a nap at 4.11, the exact moment that the fake tweet came out. And so then, of course, the deluge came, right? And everyone's freaking out. I have alerts on for the SEC. So when they when they tweet something or when Gary tweets something, it pops up on my phone. And I just couldn't believe it. I thought, okay, well, at first I thought this is something that Gary probably would do. The SEC doesn't want the media and people like, you know, the crypto heads to control the narrative, right? So they're probably thinking, let's push it a little bit early. So, you know, we're, we're the ones still in charge here. So at first I wasn't surprised. And, you know, you see something come from a, an official account like that. You don't think twice to to check whether that, to look at the graphic, right? I mean, a lot of a lot of armchair graphic designers over the uh, over the last 24 hours have come in and said, well, these are, this is nothing like the original SEC graphics that they use. If you go in, you can see the formatting is totally different. But from a journalist's point of view, and quite frankly, from, from you know, Twitter users' point of view, when something comes from an official account, you're not, your first thought isn't, oh, that's a hack. So obviously, like you said, Scott, the, the, the SEC gained control back rather quickly. We saw Gary Gensler's tweet saying that the account had been compromised. And then 
a few hours later, we heard from Twitter security, I think Elon Musk said he was looking into it, that what had actually happened is that someone with access to the phone number that was associated with the SEC's account had somehow, you know, created a new password and logged in or had somehow just gained access. We don't know who this individual is using a third party. So is that a website? Like how? We're not entirely sure. The language is still kind of murky. We're not sure what all the connections are. But essentially, it says that this person was able to access the account through a phone number and tweeted but this. they didn't have 2FA activated. Right. The SEC, that's, that's whose literal point. job yeah. is to protect investors and didn't even have 2FA on their account. It's like Gary literally went out to a bar and gave a girl his phone number. And that is the key point, Scott. The and, then, and then last night, you know, we're, we're looking at these tweets that didn't age very well, well, right? You've got this tweet from October from Gary when it's Cybersecurity Awareness Bonds literally saying, remember to use strong passwords and phrases and set up multi-factor <laughs> authentication. So it's a little worrying that our market overlords don't have the cybersecurity safety oh protocols in place that they preach on Twitter every day. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but Coinbase, actually, their executives, I don't know if it was trolling or serious, but they said, hey, guys, we're pretty good at this security thing if you need some help. <laughs> and they literally like, hey, Gary, get an SDGov serious offer. As a crypto exchange, we've had a lot of experience with security protocols. You get the idea. And you're right. I mean, the tweet storm, Eleanor, surrounding this was amazing. People dunking on old tweets. Obviously, by I mean, there's just so many of them. It, it's almost astounding, like, you know, unusual whales pointing out, careful what you read on the Internet. The best source of information about the SEC is the SEC. I think that was in response to the CoinGraph intern tweet that was fake recently. Of course, you know, we have uh, Senator Bill Haggerty saying, listen, guys, what happened here? Guys, I mean, it's literally what they just did. I, I'm now I'm trying to find the tweet, but it's from Gasparino. What, what, what happened here? The big ETF announcement hack would have violated new SEC Gov rules adopted in July that require a high level of cybersecurity risk management. So now the SEC has to investigate the SEC for wrongdoing by the SEC and manipulating the market, which is what the SEC oversees. Hasib, I mean, you're over there. Were you asleep when this happened? I, I was, actually. I woke up uh, seeing just a, a, a torrent of news. And the first thing, of course, I see is the news of the Bitcoin ETF being approved. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. Let me check the markets. They're like, wow, markets are down. Why did, uh, th that's not what I was expecting. I was like, oh, maybe it's a sell the news moment. Um, and then I keep reading and I realize, oh my God, what an absolute clown show the last uh, few hours have been. And then of course, um, you know, I saw the, so the, the story of, oh, there was this phone that was, uh, phone, you know, phone account was taken over. That's a SIM swap. So SIM swap is, uh, SIM swapping is something that happens all the time in the crypto industry. And maybe this is actually a good teachable moment for a lot of the folks in the audience who may use crypto and have their phone as their second factor, um, using SMS as your second factor is not safe, period. There are so many people in crypto who've gotten hacked, who've gotten scammed, who've gotten impersonated, now including the SEC, because they had SMS as their second factor. SMS is not secure, and it's very easy for anybody who is motivated to go to your, uh, your, your phone company and call them pretending to be you and find your information on some third party, you know, some data dump on the dark web or something and say, oh, I'm you, I lost my phone, please uh, transmit my uh, uh, my phone to this, this uh, my phone number to this new phone. And they do it and boom, they can now log in as you. 
that's exactly what happened to uh, a bunch of people who've gotten sim swapped in the last month or so. And they didn't even have to FA on though. You didn't even have to. You didn't even have to have their number to authenticate. <laughs> well, no, so what they did was they did account yeah. recovery. They did account recovery with the phone, yeah. right? So they had yeah. the SMS to be able to do account recovery. Yeah. Now, when when we talk about two FA, we mean non SMS two FA, right? Uh, not allowing somebody exactly using Google Authenticator, yeah. anything, anything but SMS. So and this is worth, in the FCC's recommendations. For what it's worth, I don't remember the last time, especially, you know, certainly from a company-wise standpoint, Fox is very, we're obviously very good with our security here. And I used to complain all the time how annoying the 2FA thing was. I understand now why we need it, but I, I don't know anything, any kind of, you know, Twitter, Instagram, everything that, you know, needs a login these days has 2FA. I don't even remember the last time that I couldn't opt for 2FA. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It, it, it is crazy that they opted out. So listen, I think we've established here that the SEC completely blew this. It's laughable. They've made themselves a meme here, and it's well deserved. But we did get a hint as to what might likely happen. What we saw, and I don't really want to get too deeply into short-term price. But if you were looking at the chart, I mean, this is literally a five-minute chart. It topped at forty-eight thousand, and fifteen minutes later, it was at forty-four thousand seven hundred. And you're talking about a thirty-two hundred dollar. Candle spread, immediate move up to the upside, then a huge dump to the downside, and Ethereum went up, and we had all this craziness. The message there to me is don't trade the volatility around this event to everybody out there. Right? Like if you're, you should already be positioned for this. You should be ready to go. But you're, if you're using leverage and trying to trade about this around this, especially if you saw what happened yesterday, you're probably going to get wrecked. But Eleanor, this has given a little more time for these fee wars, right? And you kind of mentioned this. I don't understand this. This is like literally, I, I think I tweeted. You, by tomorrow, they're going to be giving you a free Tesla and a date with their sister, like to choose their <laughs> ETF instead of someone else's. There's no way any of these companies stay in business unless they are the single one or two that capture all the AUM. I called people in the industry. They said, doing the math here, you got to have three, four billion under management with these fees just to break even. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, what's going on here? I, I That's a good point. And also, I think it's interesting, right? Because you, they're marketing these things like there are retail investors who are going to see these low fees and say, oh, like jackpot, you know, this is this is my yard sale. I'm going to go in and do this. But with an ETF, you're buying through CFAs, right? Financial advisors who who know the deal with this kind of stuff. So they're going to hopefully if they're a good advisor, they're going to point you towards the one that's, you know, uh, likely to have the best flows, um, probably has good infrastructure in place already. So and, and if you notice the two crypto specific ones, right? So you've got um, Bitwise and I believe it's uh, sorry, Grayscale. So Grayscale hasn't they, they're the only ones that haven't budged come down in their in their fee or even putting in like an after waiver. Do they have an after uh, fee waiver? Yeah, they have no waiver. Grayscale's a whole different story. Yeah. Right. They've got twenty seven billion already in AUM and they're coming down from two percent. Right. Well they I mean they hold the market share right now and I think they're betting that, you know, there's because there's this whole thing with with capital gains tax. If you if you pull out of GBTC and you've been holding it for a while, yeah. you're going to pay like monumental capital gains tax by the yeah, time by the time it takes you to get into one of these other low fee ETFs. So it's interesting what they're doing. It's, it's almost like you know like headlines, like okay, like we can provide the lowest fee, but in the long term, is that really going to help us with attracting customers, attracting flow? Yeah, I think there's this little immediate battle for AUM, the view that whoever wins in the first week or two or month is going to win long term, but they're going to lose the war if they don't get enough. So I think that this is a really dangerous game they're probably playing. But let's pivot to Hasib. Like, 
you and I have talked many times. You always have a vision of what's coming for the market. We talked in Singapore in September. You were right about everything you said. You said, listen, you know, we're thawing out. You made the great point that nobody cared about SBF in Asia already for six months and that people had moved on. How big is this? I mean, we all know what's happening today, right? There's an assumption. But how big long term do you think this is of all these sort of landmark events you've seen in, in crypto before? I, I called it the biggest day. Maybe that's hyperbolic at this point since we all know it's happening. But we've waited 10 years. Yeah, look, I, I'm sort of of two minds on this. On one level, an ETF is very important for legitimating capital flows that wouldn't otherwise easily enter into the industry. Uh, and that's important just in terms of the raw dollars that are going to enter into Bitcoin and eventually Ether and other assets that may eventually become uh, available through ETFs. On the other hand, um, it also is kind of a nothing burger at the end of the day. Like if you saw, you know, we, we had a good 10 seconds or I guess 10 minutes of thinking that the ETF was approved and Bitcoin went up 3%. Um, so at this point, like, I think we can more or less assume that it's priced in. Everyone knows that there's going to be a Bitcoin ETF. So the the, the crypto world is already in that future. And so, okay, in a world where there's a Bitcoin ETF, what are the problems ahead of us as an industry? And the answer is basically the exact same as they were yesterday, which is that we still need to figure out how to make this stuff scalable. We need to get into the hands of many more users, like getting it, making it easier for people to invest in this stuff. Honestly, we already did most of the work in creating, you know, Coinbase and Kraken and, and Binance and all these now, you know, fairly easy to use and easy to access um, companies and on-ramps relative to what they were five, six years ago. You know, it's night and day how, how difficult it is or how easy it is today compared to what it was six years ago to get into the industry. Now it's going to be even easier for financial advisors. But at the end of the day, the, the thing that justifies all those financial flows is that we actually solve problems as an industry and keep getting better and cleaning up our shit. So th that's what I focus on more or less. Like obviously the news is, is very exciting and animating and especially when it's as ridiculous as, as what we've seen in the last 24 hours. Um, but at the end of the day, I think markets are forward-looking and they already know that the ETF is coming. So the next thing I think on the horizon for markets is probably the Ether ETF and what's downstream of that Ether ETF. And I think that's perhaps part of the reason why we've already seen some narrative rotation. There's like, oh, okay, well, Bitcoin ETFs approve, it goes up 3%, maybe it goes up 3% tomorrow or whatever, but what's, what's the next game to get excited about? And the answer is probably- It was the exact yeah. same moment. It was the exact same moment. I mean, it was the biggest hourly volume candle we've had on Ethereum against Bitcoin in as long as I can see. And it went from, you know, 0.047 to a top of 0.053. Not huge, but ETH has been dying here for months. I've been saying there's going to be a rotation. I didn't expect the rotation to be 13 seconds after there was the approval <laughs> of Bitcoin spot ETF. But I think you're right. The Ethereum spot ETF is the next narrative. Eleanor, I mean, We've seen people, I think Standard Charter said they think the Ethereum spot ETF will be approved in the first or second quarter this year. I think that's aggressive. I mean, what are you hearing? Well, we know that the applications are in. I would say that's probably a little aggressive, but now that Bitcoin spot is essentially, in theory, going to be up and running, out the way, it's kind of like establishing the, the structure for 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 ongoing things, right? So you've, so you've got the Bitcoin spot, now you're gonna have Ethereum spot, like they know exactly how to do it now. The pathway has been paved by those who did the, the Bitcoin spot ETF. The SEC knows what it's dealing with, they know the, the forms, they know the format, it's already been done. So I think, you know, while that the timeline might be a little too soon, but I, I think, you know, probably by the end of this year, we could see one because, you know, now they kind of know what they're dealing with. In terms of, you know, will there be a an XRP um, 
uh, single product spot ETF. I know Stephen McClure got the XRP. I texted army. Steve <laughs> the second you said that, and I was like, dude, yeah. he was yeah. like, I said like, to I'm him, not saying I'm going to do it, but somebody is. Right. I said to him, yes. I think you saw Eric Baltunas commented and said, uh-oh, you've woken up the XRP army. And I said, you're the new patron saint of the XRP army. Um, I, I understand like the point he's trying to make, though. I mean, I think XRP now, you're seeing it included in the uh, great scale digital large cap fund since the SEC lawsuit. I mean, it's still ongoing, but but the the gist, the big picture is that, you know, XRP in and of itself is not a security. And, um, you know, you saw it relisted on on major exchanges and now included in the grayscale uh, digital large cap fund. So I think the point he's trying to make is that, you know, we will probably see more of XRP, you know, um, from a fund perspective, will there be a single product spot ETF for XRP? If there is, it's not gonna be anytime soon. We know Gary hates altcoins. We know he took Ripple to task over XRP, so he's not a fan. Gary likes Bitcoin and, um, you know, I. I, I don't I don't know how he feels about Ethereum because he keeps kind of switching his position on that. So yeah. we'll see. But in terms of like other single product altcoin spot ETFs, I think we're going to have to wait a while for that. And to be clear, I don't think Gary likes Bitcoin either. He was fighting this. He was fighting the Bitcoin spot ETF until a judge forced him to recant. Yeah, and with, so. with Ether, I, th I, I do think with Ether, it's probably um, it's probably too late. I mean, they have Ether futures ETFs that are regulated by the CFTC, which is more or less a concession by the SEC that, hey, this is not under our jurisdiction. If, if they thought that Ethereum was, a, was a, a security, they should have fought that a while ago. So Ether ETFs being regulated by the CFTC to me says that SEC is not going to fight that fight. But with Ripple, I mean, they still intend to, they've been very clear they intend to appeal. They, they think that the Terra, uh, the Terra Luna case under Rakoff was contradictory to uh, uh, Taurus's decision. So they plan to fight this to the death. I think you know anything beyond Ether is probably going to have to be after the SEC rotates out. And if there's yeah, a 2024 that. election that leads to a change in leadership, that's probably the only chance that we get more altcoin yeah. ETFs. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And Hussey, we've, we've obviously talked to death what could happen and flows and all these things. I don't want to talk about that. You made the great point, I think, which is that, okay, we know this is happening. Now it's more investable. But don't we still need the killer app? I mean, still, don't we still need these millions of people to come in and actually start using this thing? What's happening on that front? What's going to really be the narratives that drive this cycle beyond the ETF? The ETF trade is done today, as far as I'm concerned, right? Then we see it like a having have this really long term effect. And obviously we get inflows, but that's not a bunch of people who are going to come in here and start using DEXs or uh, in-game assets and all the things we're excited about. Yeah, so there's there's kind of two sides of this industry, more or less, right? I mean, a good half of this industry is just Bitcoin, and you know, if you ask the question of how does Bitcoin become more Bitcoin, how does it become the true digital gold that everyone is excited that it, it may someday become? And to me, I think the answer for that is is honestly just time, just time and like less FTXs. The less of that shit that we have, the better it's going to be, and the more naturally Bitcoin is going to grow into the mantle that it's it's more or less been promised. Um, I think it's just a function of time and, and kind of normalization. For everything else, right, a good half of this industry by market cap is all the other shit, which is how do you get this in the hands of millions of users? What about stable coins? What about gaming? What about DeFi? Um, I think there it's a, it's a much more complicated picture and a much more mixed picture, depending on where you look and where you go. You know, there was a, there was a blog post that Vitalik posted uh, a few weeks back talking about, hey, we need to go back to our cypherpunk roots. In crypto the crypto sort of strayed from the original vision that satoshi nakamoto handed down all those years ago and he contrasted 
his vision for crypto, going back to decentralization and fairness, to Justin Sun and this kind of hyper commercial capitalist, like, uh, screw it, let's just do super low fees and let's get this stuff in the hands of users. Um, ironically, a lot of what we are talking about right now is more the Justin Sun ethos of what is what do we actually do to get stablecoins in the hands of hundreds of millions of users? And in order to really get there, I think you need some combination of the Vitalik, you know, sort of come back to come back home and really just think about how do we improve the technology and make this credibly neutral and fair. Holding on to that heart and soul of crypto is really important because if you lose that, you lose the people. People no longer believe that crypto is not just scams and get rich quick schemes, but they believe, hey, you guys are actually you really have a vision. A lot of what animated people and got them excited about crypto over the last few years was this big Web3 vision. And maybe a lot of it didn't turn out, you know, somewhat hyperbole. Not all these things came true, but it was something that people really genuinely rallied behind. Uh, and then I think on the on the other side of that, you've got the just practical, you know, can we actually get fees low? Can we actually get the UX really great? Can we make on-ramps really easy in different countries around the world, not just in the US, not just for financial advisors? So I think there's a, there's a, there's a lot of different angles to be excited about, but I, I, you know, for all intents and purposes, and I told you this late last year, I think this is gonna be a very good year for crypto, both in terms of technological advancement and in terms of price action, obviously we're already seeing that. Yeah, I think the tailwinds right now are astounding. You brought up, uh, you know, stablecoins been one of the large sort of topics to me that's been the killer app. And like you said, we just need to get it into people's hands. Eleanor, that's one of the few things that we seem to actually have movement on legislation about. I don't have much hope that we're going to get anything done, but you've been covering it very closely. Do you think that the spot ETF, the heat that the SEC is under, any of this can actually start to push legislators to give us some clarity here? Because listen, we can blame the SEC all we want, but a lot of people will also point out that the SEC does whatever they want until Congress makes a law and forces their hand. And we haven't seen anything get through Congress, Senate, President, none of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we have to take into account the timing. I think the bills came into effect, at least the preliminary drafts and the uh, out of committee vote came uh, in, at the end of the summer last year. And then obviously we had the, the debt ceiling drama and some other things that they were dealing with towards let's spill the speaker drama for one towards the end of the year. So those crypto bills were sort of blown out for, for the end of last year. And there's hope that they will get picked up again this year. I think with the spot ETF drama, you definitely see the House uh, Republicans in the Financial Services Committee and the Senate Banking Committee members already writing letters. They're already saying they're going to investigate or, or they're hoping the SEC will investigate. They're going to haul Gary up in front of, of them to answer to this. I think this is just another tool in their toolkit to be able to say we need, you know, crypto is kind of hanging in the balance here. They, they were screwed over again. And, uh, you know, there's legislation here that, that can help them out. So, so let's push on for that. I know McHenry is, is leaving, um, yeah. but, you know, you've got people like Bill Huizinga, French Hill, who are obviously going to take up the charge and, and they're on crypto's side. So I see, I see that being not necessarily a priority. I see them getting to it. Will it be in a timely fashion? We have obviously the 2024 election coming up. So that's going to take a lot of time. Um, there's some more kind of like um, funding debt ceiling drama, I think, coming up as well in the next few weeks. So obviously there's other priorities, but I think it's definitely going to be part of the conversation. And especially with what happened yesterday, there will be more impetus, I think, on, on Congress to do something. I'm really eagerly awaiting Elizabeth Warren's tweet blaming this all on crypto. 
Well, these hackers, <laughs> these hackers Wait. attacked us, and yeah. Did you see the the tweet from from Joe Saluzzi? He's saying, if no. I was the SEC, so if I was Gary Gensler, I would issue a statement today saying that the SEC will not be approving a spot Bitcoin ETF, and also that they will be rescinding approval of the Bitcoin futures ETF until surveillance measures are improved. It's not too late, Gary. <laughs> what kind they're, of statement is that? They're blaming the crypto industry. They're blaming crypto bros for a hack, an SEC hack. This is not... This is not your crypto bro who wants to get, you know, an SEC or a SEC approval for a Bitcoin spot ETF. Like, why are you blaming an industry for a hack that happened on the SEC's watch? You know, could there be was also an internal there, was thing. A, there was a Bloomberg story that also ran saying that the, the title of the Bloomberg story was SEC account hack, SEC account hack amplifies concerns over security at Musk's X. It's like, what are you tired? Like, these yeah, guys didn't, didn't have 2FA, 2FA on their on. account. That has yeah. nothing to do with that platform. There's nothing to do. You can go to Facebook, you can go to any account. If you don't have 2FA, yes, if somebody SIM swaps your phone, they can get into your account. That's on you. It's not on any platform. It's ridiculous. They have like thousands of employees and not one person at the SEC with all of the hundreds of millions of dollars in, in um, uh, 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 what's the word, budget that they have allocated to them. Not one person's job was to like check whether they have 2FA enabled on their socials. Right. And, and listen, I mean, it's really important. What they tweet moves the market dramatically. Much more so than the people that are even regulating. Yeah. And you and you look at it from the other hand, right? If this was a Wall Street firm or if this was a crypto firm that did this, the SEC staffers would be on the phone trying to figure out what the heck happened in microseconds. But because it's them, there's not much movement. And obviously, we, we may or may not see consequences or an investigation into them. Yeah, I showed a tweet before from Carl Quintanella. I mean, it literally says that they've passed rules at the SEC that if you have a cybersecurity hack, it's your responsibility and it's your fault if the market moves. So now what do we get? The SEC investigating the SEC for wrongdoing by the SEC? I mean, is that literally like what a clown show we've come down to? I will say, though, I think the, the silver lining around all of this is... Eight months ago, nine months ago, when they were coming after Coinbase and they were coming after Binance, we had a real fear that the SEC could massively damage or end crypto. Now they're a joke. I mean, no, you used to be afraid to take shots at like the, the regulators. Now it's, I mean, you got Garling House over here. Days like this remind me that the SEC should be investigating itself for multiple things. Crypto Twitter remains undefeated in meme. Sailor, Bitcoin will be the only thing ever approved twice by the SEC. Tyler, today the SEC Gov continue its quest to harm U.S. investors. <laughs> Time for the SEC to hold the SEC accountable. Meta law, man. Hey, Gary, thanks for the tip. One follow-up question. What's a crypto asset security and where can I find the definition in a statute? Right. I mean, listen, like everybody is clowning them. I've been tweeting fire Gary Gensler for six months. Nobody's afraid of them anymore. Isn't that like a benefit, I think, to the industry? And they keep losing in court. Either of you. I mean, I, I'll see. I, I mean, mean look, the, the, look, the reality... Yeah, look, I mean, we're we're an RIA. We're regulated by the SEC. Um, in general, it is not a good idea to take pot shots at your own regulator when you're a regulated institution like we are. Uh, that said, we happen to live in a great country where uh, you can do that and you have the freedom of speech to be able to criticize the people who are in power. And this is one of those places where, you know, normally I give regulators the benefit of the doubt. They have hard jobs. They have a lot to oversee. Uh, but Gary Gensler has personally made it his own individual vendetta to go after the industry and everything that he's getting right now i think is more or less just desserts 
The problem with all of this at the end of the day is that there are very, very weak oversight mechanisms over the, the, the federal agencies, right? Technically, Congress is supposed to oversee them, but there's not a lot they can really do. There's not a lot of teeth. And so the most that you can really do is just drag somebody. And so in some sense, what we are doing in criticizing the FCC and, and taking them to task and making memes about them is kind of the only thing we really have in this democracy beyond the White House basically going and recalling somebody, which is not going to happen, obviously, especially not this close to an election cycle. Um, this is really the only mechanism that we have as a check on the SEC's actions. Congress can't do anything. Uh, it, all we can really do is make it harder for Gary Gensler to have much more of a career uh, than he currently has. I'm thinking of my last interview I did with Mark Moss, you guys might know, and he literally said, I have my Bitcoin and my memes and I'm going to war. <laughs> this is like two years ago, and it's it's so true. I mean, that's literally what we're doing here. Eleanor, is there any chance this thing gets rejected today? Like, are we even at the 1% chance at this point be, or, or I guess, delayed more than I, rejected? I mean, I hate to talk in percentages and I hate to make predictions because it just scares me. But I would be very surprised if we didn't see an approval today. I think the SEC already has egg on its face from what happened yesterday. If they say a denial or a delay, you know, maybe they can get away with the delay of a day or two. But at the end of the day, today is January 10th. It is the deadline for them to make a decision on ARC 21 shares. So I would be very shocked if we didn't get some kind of approval today. I think we should probably watch the SEC website for incoming 19B4s and not take seriously anything we see from the SEC's official Twitter account. I don't think we'll be getting a big media announcement about it today. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they blew their chance at that. Hasib, in, in the spirit of crypto, uh, I just checked the prediction markets on Polymarket. And uh, there's not, I mean, there's not a ton of liquidity. There's maybe $8 million. It's 85 the other day. Yeah. It's 83 right now. So it's gone down a little bit. Um, and the, there's a, a separate market for will the SEC delay the Bitcoin ETF decision. And that's right now at 28% yes. That's significant. That's more than I would expect. I mean, I, I think we get approved. The thing is, it's it's. I think uh, we were discussing this yesterday, but I think everybody's instinct is just PTSD with Gary. Like something bad yeah. has to happen because they would never let this happen. We all want to put on our tinfoil hats. But when you listen to Eleanor and you listen to Eric Balchunas and you see what you guys have been reporting and the amount of resources, time, money that the SEC has used to get this done and that these companies have, this would be the lawsuit of all lawsuits if for some reason they rejected at this point. I, I just don't see how they can get out of it. And even the flip side of that is I think that Gary takes a victory lap here. I say it every day, but, you know, he says, I like Bitcoin. I always liked it. I just wanted the trusted Wall Street institutions uh, to approve. And that's why we've denied it for so long. Now we have BlackRock and Fidelity guys, right? There's just, I mean, it would be an absolute disaster if they rejected these today, Eleanor, right? I think so. I think it would be. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if the lawsuits would go anywhere. You know, I think these these companies would probably sue or the lawsuit of all lawsuits, like you just said. But but at the end of the day, I keep saying this. It is the SEC's at the SEC's discretion to approve these things. But I do think that at this point, you know, Gary probably wants to own it a little bit at this point, too. You know, like, oh, I was the one that brought yeah. Bitcoin spot ETFs to the masses. I was the one that democratized crypto, uh, not crypto, Bitcoin. So I think there's there's some, you know, he does want to take a little bit of a victory lap there as well. But we've seen him say countless times he's hidden behind things when he goes to Congress. He says, oh, I can't comment on an ongoing investigation. So let's hope he doesn't do that this time. And, and there's no there's no 
bearing on the on the issuers who have put so much time and effort and the SEC staff, frankly. I mean, at the request of Gary, the SEC staff has been putting in man hours for this thing, working with the issuers. But for what it's worth, I haven't heard any um, uh, drop in the optimism from the issuers. They still seem pretty optimistic that this thing, this thing is going to go through today. And I think if there's any change in that, then we'll know. Yeah. Do we have any idea what the expected flows are? It seemed only a week, two weeks ago that there was this consensus it would be a flat launch. It would not be that much, maybe a couple hundred million. It would not be as successful as Bido was when it launched. Then all of a sudden last week it was BlackRock has 2 billion lined up. Bitwise has 200 million lined up. Price action always sort of reacts to what happens versus expectation. It's not in a vacuum, right? So it's very hard for me to set that expectation at this point. Do you have any concept of what people are looking for in the first week, month, six months, year? I've seen a huge, huge scale. Hasib, have you heard anything? I'm not the person to ask it. Is it Eleanor a question? That honestly, no. I, and I was going to say, I think that might be a you question, but I think that might be an Eric and James question. I'm not entirely up to speed on the flows, but I think the the consensus for BlackRock at least was something like 200 billion. Scott, that that came out maybe maybe a day or so ago. So I mean, we're not talking small numbers here. Not. Yeah, I think that uh, somebody said yesterday or two days ago, we had uh, yesterday, we had uh, Matt Hogan and Dave Nodig, who are two ETF experts, obviously, one of them for Bitwise. I think the most successful launch or uh, ETF of all time was like 5 billion in a year. So if we do 50, we're 10, and that was the NASDAQ, like the Qs, right? So I think uh, we have an asset that's 120th that size and we need to do 10 to 20 times that it's a pretty high expectation i think to do 50 100 billion but we are seeing those kind of numbers what happens next if we do get the approval by the way we had van eck on tv yesterday i think he sort of slipped people said i don't know that he slipped i think he just is confident these will be trading thursday are we going to literally see these on the market tomorrow yeah i unless it unless what happened yesterday delays the trading maybe maybe there'll be an approval and i'm not saying i know anything at all but, yeah. but maybe you know if, if anything's going to get delayed maybe it's launch date but i don't know that so you know tomorrow is thursday if all goes as planned we'll see them start trading tomorrow i will tell you what i know and that is that we have michael sunshine on the uh on with neil cavuto and charlie gasparino tomorrow in the 12 o'clock hour he is being uh he's stationed down at the NICE, which is where the etf is set to launch so i haven't heard any changes there so as far as i know it's still a go for thursday we also have larry fink on with charlie on friday so that should be a good interview as well uh you want a little inside baseball i'm in touch with sun and shine's team <laughs> constantly and they've said he won't be doing any interviews until they get the approval and they'll let me know. And okay. I also had and I also had the CEO of Bitwise who we've been trying to get on. We had Matt Hogan yesterday and he was like, how about maybe Thursday? Okay. So <laughs> I, I would say that just, uh, you know, the reading into that, there's a lot of confidence that these will be trading or at least approved by tomorrow. Even if they're not trading, I, I think they would both speak once there's an approval. Hasib, is there anything else around this that's exciting to you, or should we just put the ETF in the past and move on to the rest of it, man? I mean, I will say, uh, although it's exciting to kind of you know be looking at all the micro before game time. I'm not a trader, uh, neither yeah, am I a journalist. So for me, I'm just I'm just kind of watching how the industry responds to all this. But yeah, it's, I, for for my mind, at the end of the day, you know, we're we're already in the world with a Bitcoin ETF. That's the world that you know you and I have been waiting for for so many years, and we're there now, and we're 
you're kind of looking at uh, little game day calls and seeing, okay, there's going to be this play or that play. But one way or another, you know, by next month, either way, regardless of whether there's some crazy shenanigans happens tomorrow, um, there's going to be a Bitcoin ETF. So I, I think for us uh, as an industry, it's a question of how do we move forward? How do we actually get shit done? How do we clean up our act and make sure that we're deserving of all the flows that you're alluding to that I, I, I actually tend to agree, I think are likely to come, not as a deluge, but over time as financial advisors yeah. get more and more comfortable with this asset class and the storyline. Do you think that we've finally crushed all the contagion narrative of the past cycle? I mean, you know, does the ETF finally put SBF and Mashinsky and CZ, by the way, who I don't put in that same category, but, you know, uh, mm -hmm. is this all behind us? Can we move forward uh, without thinking about any of that anymore now that we've got uh, Larry Fink in, in the mix? Uh, yes and no. I think, look, the reality is that there's still a lot of skeletons in the closet of our industry. And I think anybody who, who understands it as closely as you and I do knows that. Uh, now, none of them, I think, are anywhere near the scale of what SBF or, you know, all the crazy uh, sanctions violations at Binance or what was happening at Celsius. These are a totally different scale than I think anything that's really happening today. But there's still a lot of stuff and still a lot of just kind of norms and ways in which we kind of uh, expect each other to behave in the crypto community that I think really needs to evolve for us to kind of you know, earn our way into the next stage of development. Um, I, I do think this year is going to be a good year and anytime a retail cycle kicks off, and to be clear, I don't think we've, t although price action has been very good, we haven't really kicked off a retail cycle yet in the way that we did in, in 2020 or in 2017. Um, you know, if you look on the App Store, I was actually just looking at this earlier today, Coinbase is number 26 on the US App Store right now. So, they were number one, right? At peak cycle and like for a while. That's right. They, they were one. number one basically continuously during 2021, right? So we, we are not in the phase of a retail frenzy. The people you know who know about crypto and who are in the crypto world, they might say, oh, I'm buying back in. I'm really bullish. Things are great. But we're, we're way before the stage where taxi cab drivers are giving you advice on what tokens to buy. Uh, but I think we will probably get there sometime in the next year. Uh, Do I don't know, know when exactly. Coinbase yeah, when I had those conversations at the time with CZ, sadly, Steve Ehrlich of Voyager, a lot of the other CEOs of the exchanges, mm. they were all number one because of Doge, right? People, we, we can talk about the Bitcoin spot ETF and this being the way that we're going to bring all these people in, but that's not how it's ever happened in the past. People find their way into this industry and even back to Bitcoin through the memes and the NFTs and all the ridiculous things that Bitcoiners hate, but that really brings them. I remember Steve Ehrlich telling me, we have a three-month waiting list. We will never get enough customer service to sign people on because they all want to come trade Doge. CZ said the same thing. CZ's like, I'm a customer service agent. There aren't enough people in China for us to hire that would be able to handle customer service right now. I think, right? the, and proof, so, I think the proof in that is, is apparent from yesterday. I mean, the funnest part for most people in the crypto community was reading those memes from yesterday, you know, uh, blasting the SEC. And I think that really brings the community together. So you talk about community and, and people coming in for a certain reason. I think a lot of people do it for the community. Yeah, I'm just hoping that at, in this case, that people don't laugh at us, they laugh at the SEC instead. You know, the, the usually- yeah, This is usually definitely one case where this was not on us. This was yeah. definitely not on us, you know? <laughs> I will take, we've taken a lot of L's in the last couple of years and we deserved most of them, but this is not one of them. 
this is thank, not one. And of thank them. God for that. And thank God they'll for find that. a way. They'll find. I, I know they'll find a way to blame it on us. But Eleanor, <laughs> did anything? Did anything break? You know, while we were while we were here today, I'm gonna let you guys go. Did we get any big news in the last 40 minutes? No. Let me just check my phone. I don't have any uh, incoming text. So no. I, I, I see. I'm letting good. you go to bed. Yeah. Not on okay, my phone good. either. Although nobody would tell me early, but. You know. <laughs> yeah they're like he's asleep it's he's in singapore it's 11 o'clock yeah, yeah, all right guys yeah, well yeah. guys thank you so much um tomorrow hopefully this will be a hindsight conversation for uh, myself i have mark Yusko tomorrow and maybe hunter from from bitwise um so hopefully we'll be talking about what happened and uh we can put this in the past i'm much more excited to be in the hasib camp of trying to figure out what crypto is actually going to do over the next few years and i'm sick of talking about the etf eleanor i don't know what you're going to do with yourself uh, yeah, well, Ripple, Ripple's done, ETF, <laughs> like you're going to, maybe you'll finally get that nap. Time to retire. Maybe you'll finally get that nap, but I'm going to have to find a new beat, guys. And within crypto, I don't know what it'll be, but you'll be hearing from me. I guarantee we'll have a new narrative within 48 <laughs> hours. That will be, it's going to be the Ethereum ETF. That That's my words. Guys, follow uh, Hasib and Eldor, please. You want to know what's happening in the industry, Eleanor? Certainly, if you want to know what's happening with breaking news, she's my number one source, and you're always there to correct me when I'm wrong too, and I, I need that. So I appreciate it. Have um, I ever corrected you? <laughs> I, I, well, recently, I think I said one last week, and I was like, "This could get approved today." You're like, "No, dude, not hearing that," and and I appreciate it. We need oh, you. Well, you know, you know we what? Need, no, we no, you were. News. To be fair, you were citing the Reuters report, so yeah, it was. Yeah, you, I, yeah, I don't just yeah, come up. I, I I try not to come up with my own theories anymore. That never goes well. Uh, I leave Hasib for that. Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back, uh, obviously, uh, with both of you, hopefully, in the very very near future. Have a have a good yeah. night, Hasib. Bye, guys. Take care, everyone. And now we can talk about what's actually happened yesterday in the market. I know I'm dying to look at these charts with Chris because holy crap, what a joke it was. I, Chris, I showed already, you know, the Bitcoin chart, uh, which I mean, that that 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever it was, just astounding. This is the five minute chart. I showed it before up to 47.9 yeah. and down to 44.7. I was trying to timestamp it, but it really doesn't actually line up. Like, yeah. I don't know what, who knew what, but it's very clear to me that this was somebody hacked that account with the intention of trading around it. So I don't think you can extrapolate that much information, but maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, you're, you're asking for some serious, uh, some here, some serious hard time federally, you know, if you were to do that. I mean, it's not just the hack itself, but then profiting off it. I mean, my God, you're just going to hit, you know, you're just going to hit, uh, be hit by, uh, um, you know, just charges left and right. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's showing us what's going to happen when it gets approved. It's all going to go down. And I don't know that it necessarily shows us that. It's a news event, right? And what well, do we always first? talk about with the news events? We, we talk about how I get a knee-jerk reaction, and then usually later that day or the next day or within a few days, it reverses and goes the other way, right? So um, I don't know. I didn't even I, see I, it. I, it swept the low. I didn't even yeah. see we had a volume increase there in that low sweep because a 15, five minute chart. I don't look at them. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, um, you know, we'll see what happens here. Big picture is still the big picture. I mean, uh, all we did, I mean, if, if we just zoom out a bit, all we did was come back and test the previous range resistance as support, right? And so in terms of if we were to scroll, if we were kind of just uh, zoom in here, I mean, if we're looking at this and we say, okay, well, uh, if this is going to be accumulation here, this is your jump across the creek, which is your big candle, big volume through that uh, supply, 
This is the back of the edge of the creek, which just, again, is just a fancy way of saying a retest of previous resistance as support. And so, you know, still looking up, you know, higher here overall. I mean, um, I've got a pretty, uh, a pretty conservative count here. I've got a one, two, one, two, rather than one, two overall. And so three is a minimum expected, you know, about 52,000. Um, it could go higher, you know, again, it's minimum expected, but, uh, because what it is, it's it's the if we come here, we just measure out um, wave one and then a flat here for wave two. Yeah, that kind of gets us. I'm just kind of grabbed it real quick, but that gets us the one six one eight extension. It's the first thing we look for for wave three. It can go above there, get the two hundred percent, the two point six one eight, three point six one eight, which is why I've been warning our um, our people over at, at TWC to not just assume it has to stop right there. Um, you know, yeah, we had a good case yesterday. Wick yesterday was on here and he, he thought 58. So yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you, you can, you, you get it through there and it just kind of keeps going up there. Um, and so once again, you know, if, if we're just looking here at kind of this, uh, this pull here, see right about there. I mean, 200s up there around 62, uh, two, six, one, eight's up at 82. Not saying it's going to go to 82 or anything like that, but man, that'd be something to see, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, so, I mean, nothing, you know, again, nothing's, nothing's changed. It's all the same thing it's been since, you know, since I've been talking about this back here at the, uh, the beginning of accumulation in June of, uh, you know, 20, uh, 22 there. And so I, I think we're still looking good. We're, you know, we're just kind of, we hit, we hit kind of almost the top of this, this channel that's been coming from the, uh, you know, the, uh, November low of, of, of 2022, uh, you know, hitting the the support there. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to be bearish. It's hard to be bearish when you look at the chart rather than going off, you know, your emotions and what, you know, a lot of people are dealing with the emotions of, Hey, we haven't seen this big, you know, pullback to 30,000 or 25,000. People are very much emotionally attached to those levels. Um, but you know, again, as I pointed out before, we went sideways here for almost seven months, almost seven months of sideways guys. This effectively does the same thing. As some, you know, some big, huge pullback. So all we've done yeah. is continue, you know, higher highs, higher lows. Okay. I'm not going to say I was necessarily surprised, but when Bitcoin went down, it wasn't into stable coins. It was seemingly into ETH, right? I've been screaming about ETH. You've been mentioning it, yep. but I didn't expect it to happen in the, in the moment. I showed this before, but quickly, I mean, ETH pumped massively on the biggest volume we've seen on the ETH Bitcoin pair here on Binance and still continuing up. Right. Yeah. I mean, it bottomed at 0.047, currently at 0.053. But I've shared this so many times, it's making me nauseous. I'm going to be honest. Yep. But uh, I wrote about it again on Monday in the newsletter. You have the weekly oversold for the fourth time in history, yep. sweeping yesterday, right before this, the support of all supports, like sort of the last support yep. here, all the way back to June of 2022. And we have massive now assuming the candle stays like this the week, massive bullish divergence on the weekly RSI. Oh, yeah. Look at that candle. Yeah. I don't know if it'll last, but man, like people jumped right onto ETH after this. Yeah, you know, this is this is something I talked about where we were looking at potentially maybe a wave four here, but we'd come down pretty close. I said, if we break down, you know, it's possible we could be looking at the 50% here and this just becomes a large flat. Um, and that looks like it's what it's doing. It doesn't have to hit 50, but you'll see the 50% retracement aligns with the, uh, weekly S1 pivot right there. So even if this doesn't hold at the moment, I'm looking at that uh, 0.04349 kind of area uh, at that S1 pivot on the weekly to actually be the point at which we get that 
that rally back up. Um, but right now, I mean, like you showed it there, you've got this bullish SFP right now printing off. What what is this? Uh, June of twenty two, swing low yeah. there. So I mean, th that's that's the low, right? I mean, that was the low. The only thing that happened with Bitcoin is it went down one, you know, uh, with that terminal shakeout with the whole FTX thing. But that was, uh, you know, Eth Ethereum's low right there was uh, June of twenty two. So yeah, I mean, I, I like this. It's really encouraging. The weekly candle looks great. I think if uh, somebody's trying to trade this, watch for an impulsive breakout above. Uh, and close here above this uh, weekly pivot here at around 0 0.06 or so. If we can get that, that signals that, hey, we're probably going to continue to rally on up there, um, up to 0.12888 at least, uh, especially from right here. Uh, breaking out above wave B, there will be the, the added confidence that we actually need based on the count. But, you know, if, if we can get that impulsive breakout above that weekly pivot, I think we're good to go on up there. So what does and that the mean? The I mean, chart looks good. Yeah, the USD chart looks great. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so what does that mean? I mean, it doesn't mean that Bitcoin has to go down. It just means that Ethereum has to go harder. That's all it means. You know, um, people used to get confused with these things. Uh, I remember when I first came into crypto and they think, oh, well, if, if the Ethereum Bitcoin pair is going up, then that means Ethereum is up and Bitcoin's down. Well, it could, but it could also mean that Ethereum is just going up at a greater clip than, than Bitcoin. So Bitcoin's here and Ethereum's kind of, you know, rallying faster. Give it a bigger push there, right? So... Um, I like it. You and I have been talking about this for a while now um, and just looking for a little bit more confirmation on it. But uh, it's looking pretty good at the moment. But if it does go down, S1 pivot there. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the ETH USD pair as we're talking. I mean, anything above 21, this kind of area right here, you know, 2150 ish, yep. just consolidating above support and now making you move up. I just don't see anything bad there, but we'll we'll jump into whatever charts you had for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Real quick. I mean, you know, they, there's my Ethereum chart. Same thing. Nothing's changed. One, two, one, two is what I'm looking at. Again, we've just pulled back to previous resistance to support. And now we're trying to break out of this local range right here. Same. Wave circle three, 4626 target. I mean, it's not too, it's not, it's not, it's not bad. <laughs> I like it. What else you got there? Uh, let me see here. I've got AVAX. AVAX here is pulled back about 50% for a wave four here. So I'm thinking it may be done. Uh, you can see that we got volume coming in at that low, that volume spike there, nice bullish engulfing candle, hit the pivot here on the daily, pulling back, stoke RSI, threatening to break out bullishly. So looking for a breakout there. That gives us a target up there about 62.85. Um, TRX, everybody loves to hate TRX because, well, you know, you know. <laughs> but um, I've got a wave three up here, probably around this R1 pivot, almost about 0.12587. Um, and so it's been just beautiful channel here, just beautiful channel coming up off the uh, November 22 low. It just, I mean, look at how clean that is, man. How can you, oh, how can you hate that? That's. Uh, um, but anyway. <laughs> people use it. People use Tron every day to send stable coins. It's the most popular chain in the world for sending stable coins. They have the most volume. You can hate crazy, it all you right? want. There's facts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so looking for a bit further up. And that'll just be a, a you know, a rally up, a pullback. And then a breakout higher. Um, nothing here saying top. You know, again, it looks like one, two, three in progress there. Um, nearing, nearing an end there. Uh, I've got Suku USD. Uh, don't even know what that is, but I love it. I don't either. Uh, somebody requested <laughs> one time. <laughs> and I did it for him. And uh, I, I think we've got five up and we've got two on the pullback here. Almost a 61.8 uh, retracement. Ultimately looking for, again, an impulsive breakout above the daily pivot here. That's about 0 0.06, so about $0.06. Cents. If we can get that, 
I think we're good to go higher. Wave three is minimum expected target, about 17 and a half cents. So, uh, by the way, looks really good right here so far as well uh, in terms of the volume uh, and the price action going through this range. Uh, what is that? December of 22. Swing low there. So, um, not hating that one at all. Not hating that one at all. But as always, you know, again, when we talk about charts here, you know, I, I tell you guys, listen, I'm looking for a level for it to break out. That doesn't mean, oh, my God, he said it's going to go up, so I need to jump in now. Um, that's, that's silly. It, it, point, uh, the point made here, uh, I posted a file chart, file coin here, um, right, right around this area here. And basically the thing was, are you long with file yet? And if not, why? And I had, I didn't have the interior accounts. I just had the one, two, and the three target up here. And some person, unfortunately, decided they were just going to jump in right there. They somehow to them that said they needed to get in. They had no clue what they were doing, no risk management. Um, but, you know, you know, it was just, it was a one, two. There's the three target up there, 26, but 26 and some change, $26 up there. Um, it wasn't, hey, let's go long right here. I've now added in this, and it looks like it's a wave four. Uh, we've pulled back about 50% S1 pivot here on the daily. So again, looking for impulsive breakout above the uh, daily pivot here. It's $6.23 or so. Should give us a minimum expected five of one target up there at about $10.66. If this comes out right, this is one, and we get a two back here, wave three is going to overextend up here toward $86. So it won't be $26.48. It'll be $86 because you're going to get this one, two, three, four, five getting up here of that interior three. So a lot of room, I think they're on file. Again, another great looking accumulation right here. Um, so just looking at the, the only thing that invalidates this count, the, the big count here, the one, two, three, is if we drop below wave two, that's how Elliott Wave works, guys. So it would have to drop below $3.95, oh, I'm sorry, $3, uh, $2.59 here to invalidate this wave three target. Uh, what we else we got next. here real quick? What was that? So what else you got? I see I see the tabs, man. They get me excited. Yeah, I got a few here. I've got um, Adam. We like Adam, right? Uh, we've got an A, a B, and a C, it looks like. About a 50% pullback again. Clean red, you know, drop right there to the uh, daily S1 pivot. So breaking out impulsively above the daily pivot, right around $10.80 or so. Should get us going in a wave three. That wave three... From here, has the minimum expected target up there of $28.33 uh, or so. Um, so that would be, obviously, yeah. another great move for something that a lot of people, I think, are tracking. If we yeah. are to break down further, as usual, we'll look at the 61.8 here around $8.10, and 70.5 $7 at $7.61. But right now, this is looking good. So we just want that break out there to kind of get us up there toward that target. Uh, real quick here, if you're into Apple... I think we've just completed wave two um, flat correction here, 50% pullback, S2 pivot on the daily. You know, again, looking for a breakout above uh, $193 or so. That's that daily pivot area. Wave three, minimum expected target is $230 um, coming off that. But yeah, it looks like a three and a four and then a one and a two with a flat here heading up for three of five. So uh, I think Apple's got some more upside, but we've got to get that breakout there uh, to get that going. Uh, ENVX is another stock chart I'm interested in. Uh, we got a one and a two, 78.6 pullback. Uh, we're rallying up here. I've got a wave three up there at about $69. We're currently sitting about $12. I want to see a nice impulsive breakout above the uh, 
weekly pivot around $14.31 to really kind of get us going. But yeah, I've got a uh, $69 target for wave three there. And let me see here. Mask, mask, mask. Ah, here we go. Uh, mask, again, look, you know, looks like we've got one up, two down here. Uh, that gives us, uh, let me see, is that that one? Yeah, minimum expected wave circle three up there around $57.78.5. Locally, uh, looks like one, two, three, four, five, maybe. Or maybe one and two on the pullback here. If it's if it's what we have here, then we've got a one, two here in progress. So if we break down below the swing low here at $3, uh, that'll say this is probably one up here and two is coming back. And, you know, again, we'll, we'll be looking right here around $2.80, maybe something like that. But if this low holds here and we just rally back up, minimum expected wave three target there at $8.72, secondary target at $10.56. And I think that just about does it there. Yeah, man. You came in right at the wire. 10 o'clock. Nailed it. I mean, you nine o'clock. You at- nailed it. I love, guys, if you can't find any alpha and all of that, like in a 10-minute just absolute blitzkrieg of charts, then I, I can't help you. I can't help you. But we're going to get, dude, this thing's going to get done today. We can move on with our lives, right? Go back right. to talking about something else. Ethereum. Ethereum next, right? Ethereum yeah, let's talk about Ethereum. Okay, next week, an all Ethereum show. All right. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, I, my, my, my portfolio would be happy talking my book. So, so that would be great. All right, man. Thank you so much. Got to run, obviously got a crypto town hall in 15 minutes. Yeah. We, we launched one last night on the fake news and you know, normally it's like four or five, 6,000 people. It was like 17,000 people in like the first hour. <laughs> and it was for fake news. It wasn't even news. It was to talk about the, the fake tweets. Crazy. Well, we'll never, <laughs> the, the real one will get approved and we'll do half the numbers. It'll be wild. Yep. Shows you what people care about here. All right, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, all of you. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow with Mark Yusko, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think charting man Dan is off for the week, so it'll probably be a longer conversation and a few less charts tomorrow. Guys, that's all we got for you, Chris. Everybody else, thank you. Peace. That's dope.